0: Coming up, the number one fantasy book podcast, breaking down the scrolls and spells of nerd culture. We're Phantology. You may have heard of us. No. That's. No, are you that, read I don't that think that, that happens. I will definitely be
1: reading this. I'll, I'll oh read gosh. it. I'll read it. I actually watched, over the course of August, I rewatched all of the Twilight movies.
0: Oh. I'm dying inside. Are you kidding? I'm dying me? inside right now. You rewatched. Oh you took the time to rewatch four movies. Ben, they're I
2: pretty think good, man. The real sin isn't that you watched them, but that you admitted to watching them. That, that's the real.
0: They were good movies. Transcript here. This is a dark moment in Phantology podcast history. What's up, Phantology fans out there? We got the full crew in today to recap August and kick off our newest competition, which will be taking place in September. These are the top three fantasy artifacts, weapons, artifacts, whatever you you want to classify as an artifact, I suppose. So we're going to talk through those, but we're going to start by talking about what happened in the month of August and maybe even look ahead to September a little bit. So, at the very beginning of the month, we had a Netflix release that we talked about a little bit. Actually, this might have been the very end of July, but we watched the Umbrella Academy season two in August. So, we may review this more in depth if we want to do like a full on Netflix roundup. But, what did you guys think of season two of Umbrella Academy?
1: Man, I'm not gonna lie, I haven't watched it.
0: Oh, gosh, I really like this. This
1: it. is
3: Steven and Jake. <laughs> I thought it was. I thought it was significantly better than the first season. And I didn't dislike the first season at all. I just thought like the story was more stream, like streamlined and like the plot was everything had to do with itself as opposed to in season one, things seemed a little disconnected as you got to get to know the characters. And again, I I really liked season one, but this one felt like a step up in quality for sure.
0: So we're the only ones that watched it, Jake twins, Ryan, nothing. I didn't even watch season one. Sorry. Oh, gosh. Phantology is losing all credibility.
1: Yeah. I mean, I was just busy. I watched episode one as well. And then I'll it's i I'll watch it eventually.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, that was anticlimactic. <laughs> I agree with you, Jake. I, I really liked it. I, did I think it was better than season one? I don't know. I didn't rewatch season one before, so I can't remember. But I really enjoyed the setting of Dallas in what, the 60s around the JFK assassination, because I'd just been to Dallas and I'd been right there, so it was cool to see all of that, having experienced it firsthand. Anyway, that's a tangent, but I also really liked the, uh, the show. So let's talk about maybe something that we do know more about. We had some filming resumptions. Is that a word, resumption? Anyway, the filming started again for Witcher and the Wheel of Time TV show, which we couldn't be more pumped about. This is something that we can be excited about legitimately. Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: I I didn't finish the Witcher season one either. Oh my gosh. Okay, Ryan's out. All right. All <laughs> right, guys. I'll see you later. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I'm I'm excited for the rest of for Witcher season two, but nowhere near as excited as I am for for Wheel of Time. I mean, yeah. Witcher season one I was fine with, it was good. I enjoyed it. I'll watch season two, but I'm no longer pumped for it, like I am for Wheel of Time.
3: I'm I'm excited for Witcher season two. I like the first season, but I mean, Wheel of Time is one of my favorite things ever, and it seems like the just the story itself is going to be a little more epic. So I'm excited to see um, an adaptation of that.
0: And there's only two more episodes of Wheel of Time that need to be filmed is at least what the fans are thinking. So we're pretty yeah. close. I mean, hopefully like mid-2021 at the latest, we're seeing some Wheel of Time on the small screen.
3: Yeah, right. Like um, we were hearing those that six episodes had been filmed since like March or April, right? Right. So, I mean, I don't know anything about post-production stuff, but it seems like once they get these things filmed, it's not going to need a lot of in-person collaboration compared to the actual filming to get them all produced up and ready to be sent out.
0: So speaking of wheel of time news, we also got some casting news recently. We have a men and we have a Swan.
3: Let's go around and see uh, people's reactions here. Who liked the little, little,
0: little controversial. Twitter tends to hate them. I I like, I like the men casting.
3: (laughs) I like the men men casting. I
1: mean, I feel like, for anybody, I feel like you can't really tell how the casting is until you see them on the screen, though. You know what I mean? I don't know. I can have reserve. Yeah, yeah that, but... that's
3: true. What's up with how old Min is though? Um, she. I mean, Isn't how old are the old? other
2: actors? How old is she?
3: She's, I think, like thirty-four in real life, and she's supposed to be a few years older than Rand. I don't know I how many no years older. But she's...
2: On this, I, I'm not gonna lie. I, I'm sorry. I. The the TV shows are not my strong suit. It's okay, Ryan. We'll 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 get
0: to it. we'll get to your books eventually.
1: I've been trying to find her age. Are you sure about that, Jake? No, not it's like impossible
0: to find. I was trying to look her up as well.
3: I've seen a couple of people on Reddit just say that they found out her age was that because you can trust everybody so on Reddit. That's what I'm going with. I, both IMDb and Wikipedia have been uh, yeah, they don't have anything on there.
1: IMDB is owned by Amazon. So if Amazon doesn't want her age known, then they just they can for sure control that.
3: I think it's ridiculous that her age is becoming a controversy here. Well, I don't know. I
1: mean, some pictures she looks really young in, but like if these are meant to be teenagers and she looks like she's 40, then you know. She's not supposed to be a
0: teenager. She's meant to be like a young adult.
3: She's supposed to be like mid twenties.
0: Is she significantly older than Rant?
3: She's not that much older. She's like, okay, let's find out. I'm pretty sure she's like four or five years older than Ran.
0: I participated in a Wheel of Time trivia game with a bunch of other content creators yesterday and completely embarrassed myself. Luckily, we had some (laughs) experts on our team that saved us from complete disaster. Why wasn't Jake there? Yeah, I don't know. We needed Jake there. We needed Jake there for sure. Although right now he's looking something up, so
3: I don't think I would have been that much of a help. I'm looking up to confirm my my suspicion, though.
0: These were questions like, "What was the name of the inn where Matt and Rand met?" So and so, and how many men were fighting in Chapter 34? I mean, this was incredibly specific. It was tough stuff.
3: According to Ebony's Will of Time Fan dot WordPress dot com.
0: Okay. Cool.
3: The character ages yeah. at the beginning of the series are and this is what I understood for Rand, Rand was 19 or 20, and then men is like 23 or
2: 24. Sheesh, and Rand's still living with his dad at I know, that that's age? Just, that's kind of weird
1: man. Come for on, a headed sheep herder, you know, you figure that that's like a 14 15 year old.
3: No, he's gonna, he's going like take over the farm. That's his plan.
2: He should have just stuck with that plan because he screwed everything else up. That would have been a boring book
3: no one had an issue with with land's age, the land actor's age. He's not old enough to be land and no one really cared about that. Well, I think it's easier no to make an young,
0: actor man.
1: younger to like fit in with the rest of the crew.
3: Yeah. Exactly. It's it's easier to make her younger. Like that's why I'm saying I don't think this should be an issue.
0: We want young people cuz young people are hotter and we want people that are as hot as possible.
3: That's the I, that's why I think people are upset because they've had this like this uh fantasized version of men and their minds and it's not matching what they what their interests were or something i'm
1: sorry i never picture men as the most attractive one of of rand's interests i mean that's obviously elaine
2: who who do you picture as the most attractive one of rand's interests elaine is straight up
1: said to be the most attractive one i'm pretty sure in the series false maybe physically but not
0: false not not on the inside
3: No, there's, there's no part of the wheel of time where they, they rank Rand's lovers in order of attractiveness. That's, that's,
1: <laughs> in the, that's in the Robert Jordan's notes. <laughs> Harriet It out. could be
3: in his notes. I I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him to have that information in his notes. Brandon Sanderson might be privy to, to that information.
0: So on the wiki they rank everyone by power level. And they have like these plus plus systems. So you're saying the same thing is there for hotness. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure somebody's made
3: it. Yeah, that'll be in the Wheel of Time companion (laughs) too.
0: Yeah, I have the Wheel of Time companion and that's not in there. So I guess we're looking for the updated version, but moving past Wheel of Time, one other TV thing. Sorry, Ryan, one other one. We're going to briefly talk about this one because we published an Avatar episode that Josh hosted and Avatar was making, well, they still are making a live action adaptation through Netflix, but the creators walked away from the production. So that's maybe not looking super great. And this is probably a bigger story than we have time to discuss, but maybe Josh can just like give us his brief thoughts on this story.
1: Yeah. So this is like completely upended the fandom. Like a lot of people were really excited for this adaption coming through. And it has just basically nobody's on board with it anymore. None of the main hardcore fandom is on board with it anymore. Both of the uh, the original creators put out statements saying that they just couldn't keep their artistic integrity intact and remain on the show. There's a lot of theories floating out there, which I don't think that I really want to get into because none of them are verified, but they kind of range from... The characters being sexualized and aged up and whitewashed. Just, I don't know. There's a bunch of things floating out there, but I think it's just rumors and conjecture at this point. Is it still going to happen?
0: Is it going to be canceled? Yeah.
1: No. Um, According to their statements, it's still going forward. And I haven't seen anything from Netflix. And I think I would have if it was canceled, but it's going to be going forward without their support.
2: Netflix is the one producing the show.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah and they've worked with the creators a lot one of one or both of the creators also created dragon prince which i've heard was really good i haven't seen it yet but i've heard like really good things about it and you know netflix just acquired the streaming rights again for korra and for avatar so there's a lot of netflix is investing pretty heavily i think in
3: the avatar universe but this has just kind of upended a lot of the live action production of it What do you think the chances are that the fan reaction will like change minds at Netflix?
1: Netflix is like pretty sure of itself. I feel like with the directions of these series, you know, I think they trust their algorithms more than they trust Twitter.
3: Dang. So we can change Sonic, but we can't change avatar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Apparently
1: just last thing for Netflix, uh, Altered Carbon season two was canceled or season three was canceled. I saw that. Also, Lucifer, the new season of Lucifer just came out.
3: Is that good? Yeah, man. Is that something I should be watching? So, I mean, I I've enjoyed it. I've never seen it. It does not. Jake, look how can you
1: say it's not something you should be watching? I'll, I'll give it I'll give it a if shot. If you've never seen it. I'll give yeah. it a
3: shot.
2: If you guys don't watch so many TV shows, we could have more time to chat about <laughs> books.
0: <laughs> All right. On that note, let's talk about some books. Good so good point. August, I feel like August, my August was to some extent dominated by the Rhythm of War cover release and all of the chapters that come out every Tuesday morning. Phantology is doing, and when I say Phantology, I mean I <laughs> putting out reviews of the, of the chapters, uh, getting those out every Wednesday morning the following day so you can kind of follow along. That's a lot of stuff that we've discussed on our Discord and people have come on in theories, etc. So we try to make those reviews interesting so rhythm of war hype is probably off the charts right now but we still have two more months until the book actually comes out stoked i'm in the middle of words of radiance on my reread so ryan is ryan's rereading the entire series to get ready i'm gonna try to reread at least oathbringer because i've read the others already a few times so i think i'm good with those but where are you at in your in your rhythm of war hype Ben? I'm really enjoying the
1: chapters. Like, honestly, I can wait for the book to come out if, if we're getting chapters and it's fun to discuss them. So I think that we almost need to, it's tough because I want to read the book as quickly as possible, but I'm also really enjoying like talking and speculating about it as we're reading it, you know, like on discord, like everybody kind of throwing out theories about, I think we're going to try and avoid spoilers here, but like theories about what's going on and and what groups could become more powerful
0: and just different theories. It's really fun to speculate. So you don't want the book to come out at all. You just want continual weekly chapter releases for the next three years <laughs> until book five, five is ready. And so he still has enough time
2: to watch his TV shows.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, isn't that what a lot of people want with like the, the Wheel of Time series, chapter by chapter?
0: That's what I want. That's what I Interesting want. Interesting
3: comparison there. I'll be if books move towards that format to give like authors more time
1: back towards the serialization like how sherlock holmes was originally published in newspapers and great expectations yeah Yeah,
3: exactly yeah that'd be interesting
2: i feel like that kind of messes with the creative process a little bit or it changes it
3: if yeah if you're writing expecting that yeah that will because then like each chapter has to have its own little like rise and fall and yeah
0: it's like write a chapter, check Reddit, yeah. write another chapter, adjust, check Reddit. Yeah, no. <laughs> George
1: R. R. Martin with uh with Game of Thrones right here.
2: Can I bring <laughs> up something that hasn't happened? Yeah. Patrick Rothfuss still has not addressed <laughs> his editor's comments. Yeah, Look, if they're not true just come out and say, this isn't true. I've been working on the book. It's it's not that hard.
0: It's not looking great there. We talked about this more in depth In our last monthly thing, because that's when all the news is breaking. But oh man, are we ever going to get Doors of Stone? Possibly not. It's a strong possibility. I think think Fantology needs
1: to start a fanfic right of Doors of Stone and see if we can release that before
0: the actual book comes out. Oh yeah, yeah, we could probably get some uh, get some Patreons, Patreon support behind that. How messed up would it be,
1: guys, if Patrick Rothfuss has? The entire book done and he just sits on it and in his will it says how to publish it like it's all done and he just leaves it just despite everyone and every time until he dies
3: every time he hears a comment on twitter when stores a tongue coming out he just delays a year just yeah, tax that on
2: <laughs> how messed up would it be if he had actually told the truth in the beginning that he had finished the trilogy <laughs>
1: This is a, all a big psychology experiment. I, I'm picturing the the scene in *Knives Out* where they open the well. And it's just like one little page long. The lawyer's <laughs> like, "Yeah, uh-huh. it's pretty straightforward."
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> Anyways, we, we've we've I've specifically beat that dead horse
0: pretty hard. Yeah, we do have more good news on the Sanderson side, on the Brando Sando side. We got up to over seven million on the Kickstarter. Yeah. So we're getting an audiobook for Way of Kings Prime, which is fantastic because otherwise I kind of doubt I would have been able to get through it since it is massive and kind of odd, but I can listen to that, no problem.
2: Yeah, that was that was the stretch goal I was looking forward to I most, know. I think. Yeah. And
0: all of us we were kind of it. skeptical of that actually
3: happening too. Didn't they like let an extension happen or something? To get so they didn't get it
0: at first, but then when they did the backer kit that allowed you to add additional swag to your order, that counted towards the 7 million. Oh, nice. The Kickstarter is really cool the way they did it. It's totally customizable. Like you could buy whatever tier and then you could add in anything else. So really really cool way to structure the Kickstarter. They spent a ton of time on that.
3: Didn't it break like a Kickstarter goal or record as well, like the most funded thing?
0: No, not the most funded thing, but it's in... The last time I checked, it was in the top 20, maybe up to like top 15. Now, definitely biggest book that's ever been funded on Kickstarter. So the, the Sanderson machine continues to roll on. He also finished Dawn Shard recently, which is the novella that's going to take place between Oathbringer and Rhythm of War. And that's going to come out, I think, in October. So it'll be out before the, before the time... Of Rhythm of War So you can read that and get hyped It's mostly from Rissen and Lopen's perspectives So it should be fun be
2: Lopen. We played the Stormlight Call to Adventure A couple times And Steven is still undefeated <laughs> Yeah, I'm yeah. four victories and zero losses In
0: Stormlight Call to Adventure
1: Dang,
2: dang At this point you've beaten all of the Pantology 5 True, that's yeah. right Ultimate Knight's Radiant <laughs> Yeah Steven's the Bondsmith for sure. That game Although is I think really fun. You end, up, you end up being evil, Steven.
0: Steven's always evil in that game. One time I did have to embrace Odium, become his champion. But yeah, there are rewards. Odium has powerful gifts to offer.
2: <laughs> I think I think we can see that in, in certain events in the book.
0: Everyone who is a
3: fan of Stormlight should get that game. It is so fun.
2: Jake's just saying that because he can't get it.
3: Yeah, pretty much. My wife's like, why would you get a game that you would play with your two friends that both have the game? So I can play by myself? I don't know.
0: (laughs) Well, it's not like you can get it anymore. You can play by yourself. You can do the one-player version and fight Odium on your own.
1: Now we know how Steven is so good at the game. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. He plays
3: plays the one-player version where he joins Odium. That's how.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I I totally outed myself. I've played hundreds of times.
2: Yeah, well, it's sold out. I, they're probably going to make more. They'll make more, yeah. Of the game, but I, I checked just the other day and they were sold out of the Stormlight Call to Adventure version.
3: Name of the Wind is only 20 bucks,
2: though, right? Well, it's an expansion, so you have uh, to buy the base game and then the Name of the Wind.
0: Okay, past, past Brandon Sanderson news, we did have one notable book. Come out in August, which was The Black Song, The Fifth in All Sorna. Ryan's already read it. I am over halfway planning on finishing it today, actually, if all goes well. I don't know. I'm liking it like okay. I'm maybe a little disappointed thus far. I'm going to be honest. It's a decent book. I th-
2: I thought it was better than the first one, so fight me. We'll see
0: what happens by the end.
1: I wasn't a fan of the first book, so. Oh, well, you weren't a fan can of Blood Song Your Wolf's Call.
3: Take that wrong opinion and just get out of (laughs) here. Why didn't you even worry about his audio coming in if he's just going to say things like that? (laughs)
1: There's one other piece of fantasy news here that happened in August. We have the release of Midnight Sun, which is the first Twilight book only told from Edward's perspective. came out August 4th.
0: No. That's...
1: (laughs)
2: No, that, gonna read I don't that think that happens. I, I will definitely be reading this. And do an episode on Dude, it.
1: I'm more than willing. I'll, oh I'll, read it. I'll read it. I'll do an episode Jake, with you okay. you. I'll do an all episode right. with you on that. I actually watched over the course of August, I rewatched all of the Twilight movies with with my wife. Oh
0: I'm dying inside. Are you I'm kidding? dying inside right now. You took
1: oh the time to rewatch four movies.
2: Ben. They're
0: I pretty think good,
1: man.
2: The real sin isn't that you watched them but that you admitted to watching them that, that's be ashamed. the real i they were good movies transgression there.
3: i don't think i'd ever seen they're all of them they're not good movies ben. the first one ben, they're the
1: not
0: first good. one was gosh. a little rough the rest of them were good this is a dark moment in Phantology podcast history
3: like i was a fan of the first 3 of those
0: like they Steven's were fine currently rethinking his life decisions <laughs> oh, i'm rethinking it the movies weren't good oh gosh okay Are we done with this one well, the
2: Fantology Four will continue, <laughs> and Ben.
3: Okay, I'm
1: just saying I'm, I'm actually pretty excited to read this. Yeah, we're we're Jake, you down? Ryan, you down for an episode with it?
0: We'll see. I've you got guys a lot are going to have right to figure now. out how to publish that episode on your own because I will not be a part of that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay, all right. Okay, three things in September that I thought were worth mentioning, and and you guys go ahead and tell me which of these three you're most excited for. So, we have The Boys season two. We have The Trouble with Peace by Joe Abercrombie. And we have Battleground by Jim Butcher. There's probably some more September things, but those three were kind of top of mind for me. So, out of those three, which three are, which one are you most excited for? Battleground.
3: The Boys. Battleground.
1: You can say
0: why, too. So, Twins are in for the new Dresden.
1: Jake doesn't like Dresden, which is almost as bad of an opinion as me liking Twilight, apparently.
3: It's not that I hate it, I just didn't really get into it. And I haven't read any of the Joe Ambercrombie books yet. I really want to, but so I can't really give an opinion on uh, not even the first law trilogy. I haven't read any of them yet. No. Wow. Okay, I, so Jake I started, defaults to the boys. I started. Um, I like checked out the audiobook for the the first law one, but I yeah. it was like hard to listen to while I was at work, so I was like, I need to just check out the book and yeah. read it.
0: I was worried you were about to criticize the audiobook reader Stephen Pacey, in which case you really would have been kicked off the podcast.
3: No, nothing to do with the the narrator. It's just it's hard for me to listen to books for the first time. It's like if I read it before, listening to it is fine. But for the first time, like consuming a book, yeah, that's fair. If I, I can it. see that it's harder for me to. to pay I was going to say
1: I vividly remember my first time listening to that first first law book, and I was trying to fall asleep. It was one of those. I'll just start this before I go to bed. I seriously like was kept up half the night and had nightmares after I fell asleep because of how. I mean, that book is just very intense. And the narrator does a very good job of painting a vivid mental images.
0: Three hours later, you're still hearing Glockta talking through broken teeth with his While neck While torturing some, some poor soul. Anyway, I'm going to say Trouble with Peace. I'm most excited for Trouble with Peace. I'm going to start a little hatred ASAP and be ready for Trouble with Peace when it comes out on the 17th.
2: I agree with you, Stephen. Mainly because I haven't watched the boys and I've only read the first Dresden files book.
0: I'm
1: just going to say I consumed a whole Dresden book in two days recently. So I'm, I'm very devoted to
2: Did you ingest it I or listen to, to it? He
0: ate okay. the book. <laughs>
1: oh. Quick question is, is a little hatred tr- or a trouble with peace. Is that still another standalone book
0: within the same universe? It is not. So he had the he had the first trilogy, first law trilogy. He then had three standalones, same universe but separate and distinct stories. There's a series of short stories that Ryan and I just reviewed, and then he has a new trilogy. Little hatred is the first troubled piece is the second, and those two are like years after all the previous events with new characters.
1: Oh, really? So this is, but this is still in the first law universe. Yes. Oh wow! I didn't. Okay. Dang, I need to get I need to get caught up. Can I read? Can I skip to a trouble with peace without reading all the in between standalone books? Or you I need to read all those?
0: Could? Man, I don't know because I haven't read a little hatred. You definitely can't skip to a trouble with peace. You have to read a little hatred. You probably could. Daniel Green, I think, read a little hatred before any standalones, but I think big fans are gonna say that's totally sacrilegious to do that. Okay, all right.
3: The next series on my list are the first law. Like series, I don't know how, what it's called. All that stuff you're talking about, Malazan, and then the Wolf's Call, like the new
0: Valen books. How should I order those? Are you open to going back and forth, or do you want to read through a whole series, finish it, and go to the next one?
3: I guess it's true. I could read like all the first, like the first lot of first trilogy and then read Wolf's Call. I don't know, Malazan, I feel like I need to like do a continuous thing. It just seems so daunting.
2: Wolf's Call and Song would be pretty quick they're pretty quick
0: yeah Yeah. those those could be quicker reads definitely i i would maybe like read a malazon see how much you like it and then read something else and go back to another malazon you could go either way that's what i'm doing but ryan read all 10 right through
2: i read i read through them and i enjoyed them more than anybody else so what does that say about people who (laughs) take breaks in between the books Uh, that they're well read shots shots fired
1: Jake, I I think in terms of like Phantology coverage, I think you would round out the Malazan coverage quite nicely. But we're probably not going to cover the third book until later, like maybe beginning of next year. Okay. I would say if I were you, I'd go first law and then Malazan. And then maybe when you're like filling birds out of Malazan, you can jump over to Wolf's Call.
3: Okay.
2: Yeah, for sake of Phantology. You You will be burned out on Malazan.
1: Well, I'm just saying, if you've read five, you know, a thousand page long books, you might want to go read another book. Josh
3: is, or Ryan is totally looking down on all of us
0: right I'm now. just saying, Ryan, you know. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan with his malazan on smirk. It's good that you're able to, binge <laughs> them
1: all, but what about people that read them as they were coming out? They would have to go read other books. So to me, like, it's necessary as an author. But you're you know, not. I'm that. just saying, it's necessary as an author to make your book successful enough to read things in between them and accessibility is the wrong word to apply to anything that's not what you that's not what the books are for
0: yeah there is zero intent
1: you're supposed to do a reread of all
3: the books when the next one comes out man i'm so stoked to read today john ryan made a good point why am i watching tv why am i diddle dallying with mr robot when i could be finishing up death's (laughs) end and starting joe
0: abercrombie (laughs) that's right TV makes you dumber. Reading makes you smarter.
1: There are events that happen in Death's End that will happen before you finish reading it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> False. <laughs> I'll finish it. I'll finish it this week. Oh, is okay. that a guarantee? Right.
0: Is guarantee. that a Phantology guarantee?
3: Yeah, I'm it. Phantology about makes guarantees
0: now. We do that's a that's a new thing. Phantology does we make guarantees. I made a, a fun rhythm of war guarantee that yeah. is definitely going to happen because we guaranteed it. So Jake's making a guarantee.
3: Yeah, guaranteed. All right.
0: You're bound by your word. Your oath.
3: I only have like eighty percent of the book to go. So I'm good.
0: All right. You risk you risk losing your spren if you do not follow through. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, all right, moving on. <laughs> oh, and we have a comment saying that Hinterlands is never going to read Malazan too heavy. Yeah, I mean that's always the problem, right? Give it a shot though. Read the first book and and just try maybe. I read the first book and the then The Judgment though. I read I, the first yeah. book and also made that informed
1: decision that it was too heavy for me. So, I agree with you.
0: Yeah.
2: This is also coming from the guy who's excited about watching rewatching Twilight <laughs> movies. So,
3: is do you guys mean too heavy like the book is too big or too heavy content-wise? Dude, Neither. it's just it's dense, hmm. man. What do you mean, Hinterlands? Do you mean the density or the uh, the mature content?
0: It's not all that mature of content. Oh, okay. If you're talking mature content, then you go Joe Abercrombie. But for Malazan, the heaviness comes in the complexity of the plots and just what it takes to understand all the details that are going on.
1: And like the lack of characterization. So, so I think it was Elliot Brooks that did this review, Jake, where it talks about like the character standing on the spot and there's like a page worth of history about that spot that they're standing on that really is probably never going to relate to the story again. But it talks about how like the spot where they were standing, like the city was um, like mm-hmm. ransacked and that the person who was standing there like lost his parents and just like gives this whole fairly complex history of that spot where he was standing.
0: No, no, that, that, that was about the archeological history of the city, how it had settled over thousands of years And there had been like a a mass uh, destruction in the city previously.
1: Yeah, I I know. But it doesn't really play that much into the the actual story. It just gives you some really cool history. It makes you feel like there's a world that exists that has that city in it. But it just gives you this huge background into the story that, you know, you don't really need narratively.
2: Well, agree to disagree.
1: Well, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that like that's what it, that's where I think the word heavy comes from is that there's a lot there that isn't necessary to the narrative of the story, but is really interesting if you're into it.
0: And yeah, that's that's what Hinterlands is saying right now that just the massive mental load and complex plot and nonlinear sto- storytelling. There are books where you read a, you read one book and then the next book is in a completely different continent. With different characters and rather than continue the story straight through like most series would do you jump around like crazy so that that also makes it complex as well okay let's let's move off of news and let's get into the main part of our podcast and maybe not the main part the more exciting part we're going to talk through our top three fantasy artifacts and after we give our picks we are going to request input from you listeners on twitter for yours and then that will you will be entered into our september bracket which is completely a completely uh, non-biased series of twitter polls and if you win the twitter poll you advance to the championship where the winner will receive some fantology swag such as what josh is rocking with that nice hat so last month we did top three fantasy duos and Black Tower Podcast won, actually our first two-time champion. They had Matt and Telmanus, Vin and Kelsier, and Legolas and Gimli, so very strong contenders. So this month, with artifacts, who wants to go first and reveal your top three artifacts? Again, we're going to stay away from spoilers. That doesn't disqualify things, but if it's going to be an artifact that has a lot of plot details... Tied to it, then just say, like, this is what it is, and maybe describe what it looks like or something, and maybe what it could do, but no spoilers.
1: Dang. Can I go first? I haven't gone first yes. yet. No, I'm just keeping track of who's gone first. <laughs> no, I just know I haven't gone first, and
0: I always have things that are on my list that other people say. And okay, I can't he doesn't want them. to be. Yeah, 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 That that's fair. That's fair. All right, wait. Can we, can we get a confirmation from Ryan? Ryan, are you waiting till the end again? <laughs> Uh, I haven't decided yet. Alright, we'll see what Ryan comes and up so with. What
2: you guys
3: He's got some tricks up his sleeve.
0: Okay, Josh.
1: Alright, number one. Actually, I'll start from number three. The Marauder's Map from Harry Potter. Uh, I really liked it. I thought it did a lot of cool things narratively. I thought that the fact that Fred and George had this all along and were using it to conduct their mischief was cool. And I thought it was a Good way to connect Harry to his his dad and friends. You know, uh, the Golden Trio connected to the Marauders. I thought was really cool. And it really worked in the story for me. So that's number three. Number two, I'm going to go with Lycanius, the sword from the Lycanius books.
0: That's a good one. The titular that's sword.
1: Yeah, the t- t- titular sword. And titular?
0: T- <laughs> I thought word. it was, yeah. It's a word. Yeah, it's a word. Jake, it's a risky choice sometimes.
3: I think titular. I think titular is the word. I don't think tit titular is a word.
0: Oh man, <laughs> you're right. I'm gonna adjust really that. The two I'm, gonna, I'm gonna make that adjustment. <laughs> Ooh. it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing.
1: <laughs> okay, uh, but yeah, it, I'm not gonna give away what the power of it is. But I thought it was handled very well it was more than a MacGuffin, and i don't want to give anything more away from that but um it has it appears in some really amazing scenes with the series and it was awesome number one choice for me was Marlon's rainbow from uh, the dark tower this consists of 13 if i'm not mistaken kind of crystal crystal ball type things and if i had to pick one of them from that it would be the black 13, which um, kind of just causes devastation and ruin wherever it, it, wherever it's at. And there are some cool things that it is supposed to have caused in like the real world. And um, I just really like how that is used. And there are some other really cool parts of the rainbow that are used in interesting ways throughout the series. So those are my
0: magical artifacts. Whenever Josh starts talking about Dark Tower stuff, I feel like I go to the Michael Scott of "I love inside jokes." I wish I'd be a part of. I want to be a part of one <laughs> someday because the series sounds awesome. I'll have to add that to my to read list.
1: Yeah, you should.
0: Every well, not everyone should, but us five should. You you guys should. All right, there's there's my list. Who's, who's going to follow up that that awesome list? Yeah, who wants to go and and risk and take away the risk of being? stolen i mean i can go but ben does i'm just running through this list again in my head make sure okay yeah don't mess it up yeah
1: (laughs) okay number three i'm gonna say the ring but not the ring that you're all thinking of i'm gonna say again from lycanius davian's ring that he has and i don't want to um give spoilers here for how the ring was created but it was really cool to track throughout the throughout the trilogy to see where it where it appeared mm, and yeah. and who it was with at what time kind of helped you track timeline things. So I'm gonna say that was super cool. Dang, That's a good oh, one. Dang, dang you beat my like? Okay. <laughs> Crap, all right.
0: The one up with the Lycanius reference.
1: Okay. Number two, I'm gonna go Nightblood from the Cosmere. And I really like how it appears in Warbreaker and kind of continues on and has found a new home in with a character that I will not reveal. So yeah, I'm not gonna. I, I don't want to tell what how it crosses over. Gosh, is that a spoiler? I feel like that's a spoiler. Nightblood is a really cool sword in Warbreaker and has other implications in the Cosmere. I get accused for spoilers all the time, so I want. I want right. to avoid it. Okay.
2: That's that's fine. That's fine. That was a very good way of explaining Nightblood without spoiling things, Ben. You get ten points for Gryffindor. Thank you, thank you.
1: Okay, number one, I'm going to say. I know that Jake might scoff with his snobby attitude about Wheel of Time, but I'm going to say the what? the heron marked is it heron or heron the the heron, heron marked it's sword. The, the animal's a heron. It's like the bird, dude. Okay. <laughs> we all jumped on him so Ben Ben, like points out well there's a (laughs) heron (laughs) like okay the the heron mark sword that Rand finds in his father's possession for me it would like it like immediately sparked it kind of started the epicness of the wheel of time because I realized that there's a lot of things that has happened before Rand kind of came into the picture that are going to be important and follows like rant's progression with the sword is really indicative of his progression as a character. And I, I, I don't know. I really liked it throughout. It doesn't have as much like magical properties like in and of itself, but I thought that it mapped his progression really well.
0: Nice. Good spread thus far. Okay. Hey, I'm going to go, I'm going to go. I'm going to be the sandwich here in the middle of the five. All right. My number one top artifact is, The Aculos from the Artemis Fowl movie. (laughs) Not. That is not true. (laughs) The worst MacGuffin ever seen in the fantasy universe. No, my number three is going to be just an Honor Blade in general. So this is kind of like what you were saying, Ben, with Nightblade. I mean, that's similar, right? Yeah. But these are the swords of the originators of... The, the world and the series. And without saying any spoilers, uh, they give you very cool powers and they're just fun to think about being able to have like that you can dismiss them and pull them out of thin air after 10 heartbeats pass or actually maybe a little different for these ones. So we'll kind of see what's going on with the Honor Blades. I'm, I'm into that. Number two, I'm going to go another sword from a different series. So I'm going to say the Blinding Knife from the Lightbringer series. This one has a lot of cool powers and you can track it throughout the series and does some unexpected things and reveals some things about the characters. And you never, you don't really know exactly what's going on with this for, for some time. It actually uh, changes appearances and everything. So this really adds to the, the magic system quite a bit, the blinding knife. And my number one, my number one is going to be I think it's gonna be the Choden call access key in Wheel of Time just because of the pure amount of power that that it allows you to access and the scene towards the end that involves it, that changes the tone of the entire series, I think is my favorite scene from the entire series, and without saying any spoilers, that's the Choden call. So those are my three.
3: Fat Man Terangrio. do you want me to go next, Ryan, or yeah, you can okay, go so next. So two of mine have well, been claimed already, wait. and I've been trying to. I wanted to. I wanted to see if we wanted to talk about hinterlands real fast.
0: Yeah, we we have an entry from YouTube. So okay, we have the Arkenstone from hinterlands. So he's saying the Arkenstone, the invisibility cloak, Green Lantern's ring. Although he says scratch Green Lantern's ring and add in the Black Kakari from Night Angel, which I know. Really yeah, cool. which I know, Ryan. I've read the first one. I can't remember exactly what that is. It's been some time. Yeah, I can't
2: believe you guys haven't read the Night Angel trilogy.
0: Yeah,
1: I haven't read the Night Angel trilogy either.
2: It's good. The, the Arkenstone is from The Hobbit, right?
1: That's
3: like another brand Weeks. It was Smogs. Yeah. Yeah, that's what Thorin Oakenshield was after.
0: I'm sure that has more implications in Tolkien's okay. actually actual works, but yeah, it's it's in the movies quite a bit. Invisibility cloak is awesome; everyone wants one of those.
1: Okay, I think I think invisibility cloak is cool because it's part of the Deathly Hallows. I really like that. I I actually going back, I would have yeah. put more from the Deathly Hallows Yeah. In
3: and that's I one that you sure. would use a ton as a hero or as a regular person. It'd mm-hmm. be nice to have.
1: I would use
2: the black akari a lot.
1: Can somebody give a quick synopsis of what that is?
2: Well, it's basically like this artifact that grants you like invisibility, immortality. Let me pull up a description on it, because I'm not doing it just. There's other
0: Kikaris as well, right? But this one is like extra powerful.
2: So yeah, it it's it's this artifact it bestows upon the use of the owner immortality invisible extreme magical power rapid healing and the ability to devour magic wood stone basically anything
0: okay so you're basically like thanos you're invincible <laughs> pretty much pretty much
2: but like everybody's trying to to get the black kakari and so it it's like kind of people track these artifacts through time and they try and recover them or kill the person who has them so that they can have okay, the power that sounds familiar. So it's it's a cool way to like move the plot forward. And it's surprising who has had it. It's a very cool part of the story
0: on that note. Do you want to do yours, Ryan?
2: I think Jake was ready to do
0: his. Yeah. All right. Best for last with mine. Ryan
3: again, Josh had one of mine and Steven had one of mine. So Josh had the Marauders map and Steven had an honor blade. Those were both on my list. I think I'll keep the Honor Blade, and I have something else to go, kind of rearrange. Um, So I guess number three, I'll start with the Honor Blade. Although I feel like it's hard to rank these because having an Honor Blade is such a powerful thing to have uh, for multiple reasons, and I guess I really won't go into it due to spoilers. But then next, I have the Foxhead Medallion from The Wheel of Time.
0: Yeah, it's a cool it's a cool trinket.
3: I was trying to decide between that and the Choden call and I thought the fact that the Foxhead medallion is so like inconspicuous, like you can wear it and at the time not much is known of it. Can I say what it does? I don't know if that's a spoiler. No, just yeah, let's skip it. Skip spoiler it. Okay. Free. But anyways it I feel like in a in a very different way, it has is almost as powerful or as useful as a Choden call. And then uh, number one, I'm gonna go with the Silmarils from, I guess, Lord of the Rings and Silmarillion, that whole token, token um, world. And I was just thinking, now that uh, Hinterland said that, I remember hearing that the Arkenstone Stone was one, but I'm not sure if that is true or not.
0: So for Lord of the Rings noobs, tell us what they actually yeah. are.
3: So the Silmarils were basically in like the First Age they were these um, jewels created from these magical holy trees back in the Westlands and the realm of the elves. And they're like really powerful and really beautiful and kind of like how in the third age you had the war of the ring. There was like these huge, the war of the jewels, I think it was called. And that's when Sauron's master Melkor, I think he was like the main antagonist stealing those and, so yeah, those are my top three.
0: Thanks for the, thanks for the L-O-T-R lore. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for this? I'm not sure.
2: I wasn't ready I last know. time. My, <laughs> my, nerd, my, nerd, that, um, my number three pick is The Seed from the First Law oh, Trilogy, yeah. which is a stone that they're seeking after that is maybe not quite what you'd expect and it's it's interesting i i guess it's always interesting what the origins are of this artifact and the impact that it has on the story i I really like that one number two pick is the one ring to rule them all of course i I think that's probably going to be a popular pick in in our twitter poll just because it's what the lord of the rings trilogy is centered around and it's it's such a interesting artifact, which molds the wearer kind of to its will, and um, just almost like possesses them to to hold it above everything else in their life. And but the whole thing is that it's trying to get back to its master who
0: created yeah, it. Yeah, it. it's the titular object of the series. <laughs> <laughs> titular, is how you say it. Yeah. Oh.
2: Oh, thanks yeah. for the correction, Stephen. And my for my number one, it's I don't know that you could consider these artifacts. I don't I don't know physically what they are, but the shards of Adon- Nalsium, Um I mean, yeah, they're yeah. they're kind of the foundation of the, the Cosmere. With these these shards, mortals can take the shards and then they basically become gods of these different worlds. And the interplay between these shards is very it, it's it's pretty much how you get all the stories in the Cosmere or I, I guess kind of the underlying going on going on. Yeah, it's of the, the backdrop world.
0: to the series that we're seeing more and more be important to the actual yeah. events of, of what's on page.
2: And they play a large part in Mistborn, but they're kind of like a mystery as as to exactly what they're doing. But I think in Roshar, the Stormlight Archive world they're, they're much more
0: present mm-hmm. and very high impact, I guess. Nice. Any that we didn't mention and on anyone's list that, that they feel like needs an honorable mention? I can't believe nobody did Matt's dagger. I, th- I
3: thought about that, but I went with the Foxhead medallion.
0: What about, about Pat and Fane's dagger?
3: <laughs> it's the same dagger.
0: <laughs> well, I think Ryan's saying that Pat and Fane is really the dagger owner.
1: Right. debatable. Yeah,
0: I don't know. I have
1: another one from uh, Wheel of Time. I'm surprised nobody mentioned. There's a lot of really good Wheel
0: of Time artifacts. There, yeah, there's,
3: there are a lot of really good ones, yeah. Kalendor? Bowl, Bowl of the Winds. Oh. Oh, no, that no, 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 no,
0: no, no. That, that's a negative.
3: That's a D-tier artifact. <laughs> <laughs> D-tier. Come on. They spent like two whole books trying to get it.
0: Yeah, and it was <laughs> stupid. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I really liked Hinterland's pick, the Black Kakari, because it brings it brings in something from a series that I feel like not many people talk about.
3: The master Sword's a good one that almost made my list. Nice.
2: Yeah. Oh, if yeah. you go
0: out to video games for sure.
1: Steven and Josh, what about Harry's mother's amulet?
0: That's a good one. I was also considering like, just the swords of the cross from Dresden. The the
1: cross is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Dresden has a lot of really good ones. Harry Potter as well. You got the deathly hollows. Yeah. You have the horcruxes time turner your time turner you have like the mm. the diary you have you have a lot of really cool magical artifacts
0: artifacts are cool i this really makes me realize how important it is in your story to have some really unique cool artifact that people can desire to have personally yeah, yeah. especially when they have like
2: I, I don't know it just adds like a whole depth I, i've said this a couple times but like their origins and their future and how they've influenced the world up to the point that you're at. Well, it's cool. It's cool because
1: it's like they're a character only they're not. So they've been able to like stand the test of time and kind of like be seen in world or events in your universe. You know what I mean? There's one artifact
2: that I almost picked that you guys probably don't know about. It's called Kreshinabon.
0: This is a this is a Malazan it's from
2: thing. From the, no, this isn't a Malazan thing. Although there are probably a lot of cool Malazan art. Dragnipur comes to mm. mind. Um, the sword of Anamander rake But uh, is from the Dris Duarden, I guess, Forgotten Realms. It's it's like this crystal shard that's sentient and it like hungers for power. It, it's kind of like the one ring to rule them all where it molds the users to its will a little bit and it, it's it's kind of like a main antagonist almost in, in the I just the checked series. out
3: uh, homeland of oh, the the Dritz drifts how do you say that books are those pretty good should I read all yeah. of them or is there a specific trilogy to read there
2: so I mean I like them a lot when I was growing up and I haven't reread them since then. I think I reread the first Mm -hmm. trilogy, which is the dark elf trilogy. But I've, I read an article where somebody was like, Oh, I was rereading these and they're just awful. They don't hold up. So I don't, I, I can't really say anything about the writing quality. All I know is that it was, Really fun to read, and I think it kind of helped play a role of getting me into fantasy when I was Maybe younger. Maybe I'll
3: read the first one, and we can do a review on that. As you having read them before, and me being a first time reader.
2: Yeah, it's been a while since I've read them. I'd almost need to do
0: a reread, but yeah, read it. Tell me what you think. One one other entry: Spear of Destiny, which was supposedly the spear that st- that uh, Christ was established was stabbed with. And that's actually appears in Dresden.
3: Ooh, the bands of mourning as well. Those are great. Oh yeah, that's a really if good. Mist,
0: if you're on Mistborn, how about like a beat of uh, Lerasium?
3: Yeah, mm.
0: that'd be nice to have.
3: When you said spirit, made me think of how the the Church of Survivor has a spear for their symbol. Kind of a similar yeah. idea.
2: So hinterland says that the Drift origin story okay. holds up.
3: I think that's the one I got for Homeland. I think that's the first of the Dark Elf trilogy.
1: So, what author do we think? What author do we think uses them? Uses artifacts the best since we've been talking. I mean, obviously Sanderson has a lot of really cool artifacts. Jordan has popped up a few times. Tolkien,
3: Tolkien has them, but they're not. They're not as personal. I feel like it's just the change in writing style. Like, the One Ring is really heavily used, but then you have things like and Daryl and the Silmarils and the Arkenstone, which they're more like vague things you want to capture, but you don't really use, you know?
0: I think, I think Jordan does just because of the way that Angriel and Sangriel and Tarangriel are built into the story and so prevalent. These are all like really cool artifacts and they do so many different things and there's so many books so you can have a ton of different artifacts in them. I think he's really thrown the most cool artifacts into the mix. Yeah.
1: I also really think that Rowling does a good job in Harry Potter. You know, the more I think yeah. about how many cool artifacts are in Harry Potter, like almost every book has an artifact that like makes has a reason for being there and also is essential to the storyline.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I think I think the the main thing is that we pretty much every author that we love has I think some uh, an effective yeah. use of artifacts that I didn't necessarily appreciate until we did this. When, when you actually look at your stories, you can pick out one or even or more than one significant artifacts that play a huge role on the story.
3: Yeah. I think Sanderson does a great job of like how they're so bound to the world and like the world building and, and the magic system, the effects of the plot yeah. as well. Yeah. Like all of that. Yeah. I agree with that.
2: The yeah. Valyrian steel swords from, Oh Yeah. Uh,
0: we didn't we didn't throw out any any Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire. Yeah, or Name of the Wind. I feel like Name Are of the Wind should have big artifacts from Name of the Wind. He's got his shade
3: like his shade cloak. Yeah. I feel like that world must have a ton. The I mean the
0: doors of stone and the, the box and stuff he has, but yeah, I yeah. can't see good ones right now. The chest, the the triply locked chest or whatever they call it could be. Oh yeah. We wanna know what's in there. Yeah. We the name of the one itself, I guess you could say.
1: That chest is gonna be like the briefcase in in uh uh Pulp Fiction.
3: Pulp Fiction. Yeah, yeah Pulp Fiction. I, could, I could totally see him doing something like that. Yeah, oh my
0: gosh. Or like the package in that one sharpens short story, Ryan. Steven, you brought up Jack yeah. Prism the with the blinding knife. And I'm
1: I really think that the cards are pretty cool. Oh yeah. For I was sure. gonna bring those Ooh. up, but I'm in the middle of the book, so I don't really know how effectively they're used. Yeah, they are cooler than, yeah, oh.
2: The Nine Kings cards. What about um, It's in the Fool? I was artifact. trying to think back on that. I'm trying to think of some. Yeah. I can't really. So you could just say the stones in general. The stone dragons at the very end? Yeah, the stone. Well, the right. memory stone in general right. is cool. That was used to create the stone dragons. There's a lot of
0: books that rely on like magical stones that imbue you with power.
3: Thanos. you say
0: that word? Someone tell me how to say that word. Embue. Embue yeah. is that what? We're learning lots of words. And do you.
1: That's, that's part of the problem of being a voracious reader is you know a lot of words that you don't know how to pronounce necessarily. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I remember the first time I said the word sconces out loud <laughs> after reading about a million torches that were put into them. That was strange. <laughs> You're like, mom, these are so cool sconces okay, guys. you guys. here. okay, right.
3: um, Today I got made fun of for not knowing how to pronounce that um, artificial sweetener that starts with an A, aspartame.
2: Aspartame. Yeah, you've been mispronouncing it every <laughs> no, time. thanks for educating me happen.
3: instead of... Thanks for just laughing at me did you, while I mispronounced it. you
1: think it, it was as-aspartame?
3: <laughs> no, that'd be Steven. I thought it was as- aspartame uh, or something like that. Aspartame. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I was pronouncing every vowel. I thought it was like Latin. Turns out not... <laughs>
0: All right. On that note, that's a wrap for Phantology for our August and Artifacts, our AA episode. If you like Phantology books, we're online at www.phantologybooks.com on social media at Phantology Books. You can join our Discord, please, and let us know what you think of the episodes, what your favorite artifacts are, what your favorite books are, whatever. Hop on there and, and we'd love to chat more with you. And we have Patreon, some Patreon tiers, and some new merch going on. So if you if you want to check out some kind of unique fantasy designs, all of these things are linked on our website and on all of our social media posts. So Ben, Josh, Jake, Ryan, Stephen, thanks all. Another sc- successful Phantology Five live stream. We will see you all next time. See ya. Sounds good.